This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. It is what it is. Presented by Progressive Insurance. You missed the reference. It's okay, though. ESPN 2, ESPN 2, ESPN. <laughs> We're just going to let that fly right over Evan's head. It's okay. Like most things. There we go. Like most things. What a day yesterday in Chicago. Mm. Oh, my mm. God. Mm. I just want to point something out because there's sound we have to hear. There's reaction we have to have. You played 10, 11 years in the NFL, right? 11 years. Yeah. 11 years. You played for the New York Giants. You played for the Dallas Cowboys, Baltimore Ravens, not in that order. But those are the three teams you played for. The Dallas Cowboys, notoriously and historically, have been known as one of the most interesting organizations in any sport at any time. have had insane levels of drama. Have you ever had a day where a quarterback throws a coaching staff under the bus, does the circle back, a, a defensive coordinator is fired, there's rumors that are blowing up the internet about why, no, sorry, resigned, there's rumors that why he was resigning, uh, an offensive lineman going on the IR and a quarterback cut. Have you ever had that in one day? No, never had that in one day. The most interesting thing that happened when I was a member of the Dallas Cowboys was a trip to Cabo San Lucas by Tony Romo when he was dating Jessica Simpson. I don't know, there's something weird about trips with my franchises that I played for. You know, Odell Beckham with the <laughs> New York Giants, the trip to Miami before the playoff game. But anyway, never had anything like what the Chicago Bears experienced yesterday. I mean, the quarterback throwing the coaching staff under the bus, that's, that's enough in and of itself. But then you have the extra layer of the coach trying to explain the relationship and how he wants his quarterback to be forthright, open and honest conversations. And after that, the circle back by Justin Fields. And then on top of that, the coup de grace, the defensive coordinator resigning after he didn't travel with the team down to Tampa. I don't know how the Bears get off the mat after this one. And the reality of the situation is this. This is a 15-game audition from this point on for Justin Fields on whether or not he's going to be the Bears franchise quarterback because the Chicago Bears hold the Carolina Panthers' first-round pick along with their own. They're both going to be high draft picks. This is a quarterback-rich draft in 2024 led by Caleb Williams and Drake May. There's no world in which the Chicago Bears, if they have multiple top ten picks – don't consider moving off of Justin Fields. If for no other reason, they get to reset the clock on the quarterback position from a financial standpoint. So it just seems like with the stakes being as high as they are, this is a franchise that's not operating with the urgency and essentially not being buttoned up to the point where you can try to give Fields the best opportunity to prove to you once and for all that he is your franchise quarterback. I got to go deeper than that. I got to go even further than that. There is zero chance if they end up with two top five or top ten picks that Justin Fields is the quarterback next year. Zero. Because in order for that to happen, he has to be terrible. And he has to consistently be terrible. It's over. It is CC, they may have the first and second pick in the draft this yeah. year. They may go Indianapolis Colts back in the day when they had uh, Steve Edmond and Quentin Corey out. Wasn't that one and two or was that one and three? Something like that, yeah. I yeah. want to say that was one and two where they had the top two picks in the draft. And I don't think we've seen that since, obviously. Yeah. I think there is a chance that they could have the first and second pick in the draft this year. It is not unreasonable to think that Carolina could have the worst record. And it's not unreasonable, especially after yesterday, to think that Chicago could have the worst record. Now, let's explain what happened here. So this is part one of Justin Fields, right? Because there is a part two. I'm letting you know in advance. There's the circle back. It's the 11 a.m. meeting you have. You leave that 11 a.m. meeting and you're like, huh, yeah, a couple of things I said I probably shouldn't have said. And then you call the person back at three. They're not expecting your phone call. And you're like, hey, I just want to circle back on one thing. You don't remember what I said this today? Here's what I really meant. Justin Fields had that day yesterday. Here's part. Here's the 11 a.m. meeting that Justin Fields had with the media. I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Um, 
felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not 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 playing like myself. So um, um, my goal this week is just to say effort and just go out there and you know play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and playing off of instincts rather than just you know so much so to say info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. I mean, just going back to it's a game. Um, and, and, and that's it, because that's when, you know, I play my best is when I'm just out there playing free and uh, being myself. So don't all the, you know, what I should do, what I, this and that, like pocket stuff, like I'm going to go out there and be me. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? You know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. Okay, so that's part one. CeCe's rolling his eyes. Smalls, you're shaking your head. <laughs> my eyes. I mean, he's clearly insinuated, or at least this is the way I'm receiving what I just heard from Justin Fields, that they're trying to make me into something I'm not. And I am going to go out there and listen to my instincts rather than the voice in my ear and the coaches on the sideline and do what I know to be right as far as how to play quarterback. I mean, he ran four times for three yards last game. Mm-hmm. Fewest rushing yards he's had since his rookie season. That's always been his calling card. So I imagine that he's very frustrated that he hasn't taken that next step and he's trying to explain why we're not seeing progress from him. Well, here's the problem. We're trying to do it the way you've done it in high school and college. You're playing against the best players in the world. So at some point, you're going to have to make some type of adjustment and you can't just out-athlete everybody. The coaching staff, Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus, they're trying to get him to adopt a style of play that's going to allow him to have longevity, i.e. make it through the entire season. Because since he's coming to the league, he's been the most contacted quarterback. Nobody's saying Justin Fields can't take off and run. But in year three, Justin Fields should be able to hit wide-open receivers. And that's the thing that's got to be so maddening for the coaching staff and the play callers because there are schemed up opportunities for Justin Fields in the passing game where there are receivers running wide open. I mean, Robert Tanyan in that Bucks game, he's got a seven cut, which is a post-corner route, and he's wide open. All Justin Fields has to do is put it on him. He can't put it on him. Chase Claypool on, on a, a deep in cut. He's got to be able to hook up on those throws when the receiver sits down in zone. Khalil Herbert on a swing route. Don't dirt the football. Put it on your running back. Let him have a catch-and-run opportunity. And here's the one that, that really takes the cake. You're backed up in the shadow of your own goal line. It's a three-point ball game in the fourth quarter. And you throw an interception to Shaq Barrett? How does that happen? Now, you can argue that you shouldn't run back-to-back screenplays. That would be the criticism of Luke Getze. But even if the, co- the coaching staff, your play caller, calls that play, if you see if you see a muddy picture, if you see bodies in front of it and you're not sure where your receiver is, don't throw the football. Don't make that mistake. All of a sudden, now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a 10-point lead and you've lost that ball game. And so that all happens, right? He then blames everything that CC said, at least publicly, kind of pushed a little bit of the blame on the coaching staff, which maybe he's right, but he did it publicly. Internet blows up. Internet's going crazy. All the fans are going nuts about this. I can't believe what happened here. We already have a divide in Chicago. People are speculating all kinds of different things. So he realizes, I shouldn't have said what I said. Mm. So when players don't want to meet with the media once, right? If you could go a full day as a player without meeting with people like Smalls and I, you would be good with that. Yeah. Well, now there's a second meeting that he had to have with the media yesterday, and here's Fields later in the day. 
I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches, never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every, whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. To drop pass, it should have been a pass. Put it on me. But never will you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else in this organization, my teammates. Never will you hear that. So I just want to clear that up and just know that, like, I need to play better. That's it, point blank. If, if y'all, that's, that's what I should have said in the first place. But, you know, I was trying to give y'all more details because, you know, I appreciate y'all for doing what y'all do. And I try to give y'all the information y'all want for you guys' job. So um, I'm going to do that and in the future. like, But I ask you guys to, just to put the whole quote out. Don't cut it up into words and pieces to make it seem like I'm saying something that I'm not. Listen, man, I, I get that you're 24 years old and you got some growing up to do. But don't sit here and worry about trying to help the media do their job when you can't do your damn job. I mean, you you got four turnovers through two games on the season. How about protect the damn football? Be more efficient in the pocket. Justin Fields in the pocket has the second worst QBR behind Deshaun Watson. How's Deshaun Watson look this year? Not great, Bob. Not great. All I'm simply saying is this. If you sit here and speculate that the coaching staff may be responsible for you playing like a robot, then how are we not to take that as an indictment on the coaching staff? Uh, Walking it back does nothing at this point. Sorry doesn't fix the lamp. You said what you said. You can't then change it. You can't then just say, I'm taking accountability for my actions when you threw the coaching staff under the bus. And here's the thing, Ev. It's not as if when they initially asked him the question, he threw out other Things that could be plausible. Oh, it could be the coaching staff. It could be how I'm studying. It could be the players, the supporting cast. Me and my receivers ain't on the same page. It could be any of those things. He just said the coaching staff and left it at that. Yeah. Why are Why are we to not read into that and say, well, he's blaming the coaches for him not being good? No, you don't have to read into it. He said it. That's way, my point. And this is all going on. This is all going on yesterday. So he meets. He does the circle back with the media. All going on while the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, wasn't at the game last week for personal reasons. He resigns yesterday, releases a statement saying it's for family and health reasons, and the organization has to come out and clarify there was no FBI raid of Hallis Hall involving former player Peanut Tillman, who's part of the FBI. Think about that. The coach is resigning. The organization has to clarify there's not been an FBI raid today with one of our former players. And Fields is clarifying his comments. That was all just yesterday. And we're going to ask the question, does any team have to win more than the uh, than the Bears this weekend? The answer is no. <laughs> I mean, Mike, and they ain't going to win this weekend, Smalls. No. Does anyone in America need a cocktail more than the head of PR for the Chicago Bears? No. <laughs> Can you imagine that person's day Get at that work person, uh, A nice tall drink. <laughs> I said thoughts and prayers to Chicago. Thoughts and prayers to the PR staff of the Chicago Oof. Bears. You had Oof. a rough day yesterday. <laughs> but you do bring up an interesting point, though. How do you go about a attempting to clean this up is it to say nothing or does the new president of the team Kevin Warren have to come out who used to run the Big Ten does he have to come out today and say I'm having a press conference like this this is my organization I'm having a press conference we're going to clarify some things I'm going to get out there and if I'm him I'm going to get out there and say this look we have a defensive coordinator that is no longer here 
He's no longer here for personal issues. Those issues are not public. They're private. We're not going to dive into that. You can speculate all you want. I'm not going to dive into that. What you've reported is not true. I'm not going to go any further. He's no longer part of the organization. We have a quarterback that we believe in. He's a franchise quarterback. We have comments made by our quarterback yesterday that he clarified. I would wish he could have done that better. He's 24 years old. He's going to do that better. We have a head coach I believe in and who's going to do this job moving forward in a way in which it's going to represent the organization. We were a mess yesterday. I own that. It starts with me. I'm the head of this organization. That day yesterday can never happen again, and it won't happen again. Questions? Yeah, that all sounds good until you take the field against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Well, I and can't it, do that as and, a president. And, 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 and it looks the same like it looked the past two Sundays. That's not but good. But does something but, need to happen, no, though, but, but what I'm saying is what, what you do speaks louder than what you say. And so if you're Kevin Warren, if you're Matt Everflus, if you're Ryan Poles, the attention needs to be on trying to put together a game plan that allows you to be competitive and allows your quarterback to look better than he has. That should be the focus. So say nothing right now. There's nothing you can say to make this any better, to make Bears fans feel at ease. So the focus should be on the game plan, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, and say as an organization, that is going to be our collective mindset. And that's the only way you can turn the page based on what's happened in the last 24 hours. You're right. Winning cures all. It's the ultimate deodorant. 100%. You ain't going to win, but at least you can look like a competent organization if you're a competitor. Right now, the Chicago Bears are 12.5-point underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the biggest spread this weekend. If you're the Chicago Bears, don't go out here and embarrass yourself. Vegas, Vegas doesn't like people going out there and being 14 point underdog. Like I'm, I'm convinced that this line is going to be two touchdowns at kickoff on Sunday. This is not where you want to be if you're the Chicago Bears. You got to at least show that you're capable of putting together a game plan that can allow your team to have an opportunity to have success. Coming up, we asked a two time Super Bowl champ if he's ever seen a bigger dumpster fire than this. Next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app. Damian Woody is a two-time Super Bowl champ, ESPN NFL analyst. You'll see him on Get Up today, and he joins us now. He's bobbing his head. Okay, I, we're, we're right there with you. We like this music. Oh, yeah, I'm vibing this morning. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. um, 
You played for the Jets. I want to set that up here. So now, next question. Okay. Have you? <laughs> I'm not sure about this question that's about to go. Well, <laughs> here's why. I think it's apropos. Have you ever seen a day in your NFL career like the day the Chicago Bears had yesterday? Uh, I mean, I've seen some crazy things, but to have a quarterback just go ham at, at, at the uh, – you know, at his press conference and, th- and throw the whole coaching staff under the bus. Uh, I don't know if I've seen that one before. <laughs> Young man is frustrated. I get it, man. But damn, like you can't, you can't throw your coaching staff under the bus, bro. Like, come on, man. Like you, you just, it's going to be hard to come back from that, to be honest with you. It really is. Damien, how do you divide up the blame pie with what's happening in Chicago and Justin Fields? Do you think it's more on him, or do you think some of it is coaching decisions? No, it some of coach? it is coaching. I mean, listen, I I, I look at um, I, where the design runs. I mean, listen, you know your quarterback is struggling as far as his progressions down the field in the passing game. What Well, what can you do um, that's easier, that will make it easier on him and really get his confidence going early in the game? How about design runs? How about RPOs? You know, things that, quite honestly, they were doing a lot more of last last year. You know, I go back to last year when they played the Patriots on Monday Night Football. That was kind of the jumping off point because that was the time, that's when they started really doing a lot of design runs with Justin Fields, and that's when his game really took off, um, you know, during that point last year. I'm just It's early in the season, but I'm, I'm not seeing any of that going on. The young man is swimming. Um, in the passing game, and he's clearly frustrated. So, Damian, where do they go from here? I, I mean, I, I think, like me, you're surprised that Justin Fields hasn't evolved from where he was last year going into his second season with Luke Getze as his play caller. I, I just I, I got to ask the question, do, do you believe in Justin Fields being a franchise quarterback for the Bears? It's hard. It's hard for me to believe that right now, Chris. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always a guy that's kind of a half-glass full um, type of guy, but you know this this thing looked like it's heading towards a, a some type of divorce at some point in the near future. Um, I don't know if if, if this young man and Justin Fields if, if his skill set fits what Luke Getzey wants to do offensively. Um, I've always said coaching got to adapt to the personnel that you have, and I just, I've yet to see that really happen in Chicago. Talk with Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, two-time Super Bowl champion here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. I'm not asking you in any way, shape, or form to speculate as to what happened. I'm just curious, in the inside the locker room, does every member of the Bears locker room know what happened with Allen Williams, their defensive coordinator? I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure. Listen, we always say if you get 10% of stuff that's coming out in the media, then it's really bad behind the scenes. Like it, <laughs> That's usually the way it is. And I'm pretty sure the guys behind the scenes know know what's going on with def- uh, defensive coordinator Allen Williams. Damian, moving away from the Bears and moving to week three, your New York Jets are taking on the New England Patriots in MetLife Stadium. It feels like it's a must-win for both teams, mm-hmm. but I'm curious to get your perspective on the stakes for both head coaches. Who's this game more important for, Rob Sala or Bill Belichick? I mean, listen, we're not talking about legacy here. We're just talking about the immediacy of the season. Listen. Bill Belichick needs this game. You go lose to the Jets, you're 0-2 in the division. It's going to be hard to climb back out of that. You'll be 0-3, 0-2 in the division. Um, you're not explosive on offense. I think Mac Jones has played you know, pretty well considering they don't really have any exp- explosive pieces on the, on the edges outside at wide receiver. But you have to win this game. 
You have to win this game because I think if the New England Patriots lose this game, I don't think they make the postseason. And, and on the flip side with the Jets, listen, you're coming off of you know a, a bad you know coming off a bad loss against a very good Dallas Cowboys team. Uh, Zach Wilson obviously had the interception. I actually think Zach Wilson played better. Uh, than what most people think, you know, uh, especially when the game was kind of competitive. Um, but listen, this I, I think bo- I think both teams need to win this game. Both teams. Damien, I want to ask you about Deshaun Watson. Now with Nick Chubb out, we know that Deshaun Watson is certainly going to have to step up and be more for the Cleveland Browns. But what we saw this past weekend, some bad execution, some on-field conduct stuff. Where's your confidence level that Deshaun Watson can be the guy the Cleveland Browns are paying him to be? Yeah, I'm I'm scratching my head. The one thing I will say is that it seemed like this team was, was designed – Obviously, with, with with Nick Chubb being the being the guy, being f- the the featured guy on offense, and obviously with that horrendous uh, injury, um, that's not going to be the case for the rest of twenty twenty three. But I'm curious to see now with everything with with I I would say the attention shift more to Deshaun Watson, more being put on his plate. Can he somehow, some way, be the Deshaun Watson of twenty twenty in Houston? 2019 in Houston because right now he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the National Football League. They need him to be much better. That defense is playing really well, but Deshaun Watson is nowhere near what he was in, with the Houston Texans. Big fella, we got 30 seconds. The 0-2 Chargers are visiting the 0-2 Minnesota Vikings. Is there a hotter seat than Brandon Staley's seat, the head coach of the Los, Los Angeles Chargers? No. You know, <laughs> when your defense is giving up 31 points per game, and you're a defensive-minded head coach, man, like like the, the block is hot right now. The block <laughs> is hot right now. You can't you can't be giving up 31 points per game and you're a defensive-minded head coach. Like, come on, bro. You got to do better than that. Well, Lil Wayne over there and Damian Woody, Woody with the block is hot. Get so. all the hot boys. Get Lil Wayne, get Baby, get Juvie, get all I don't of them. You're Manny not going to see. Wait a second. Get all of them. You Shout ain't seeing Lil Wayne and Baby in the same room. That's a fair point. No chance of you seeing point. that. Yeah. Damian, thank you so much for a couple of minutes. We appreciate it. We'll watch you on Get Up coming up in a little bit. All right. Thanks, guys. You got a better chance of seeing that than you do Brandon Staley save his job this season. No. Yes, you do. No, you don't. You got a better chance of seeing Lil Wayne and Baby in the same room together than Brandon Staley and, saving his job. And understand You're probably these, not going to see either, but you got a better chance. For these young folks out there, this is not Lil Baby or Dub Baby. This is Baby. This is Baby. Different. Yeah. Right? You no got You got to note that. Coming up, what's at stake? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app. You heard Hembo and Greeny there. 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time, of course, oh, yeah. on ESPN Radio. They, oh, yeah. You don't think your pants could fit us? No. No. <laughs> they, would, would so, they, no. they would literally, your pants, because you're six foot eight, yeah. would probably be small as his entire body. If you tried to put my <laughs> be pants over her head. If you tried to put my pants on, you'd look like MC Hammer back in the day. <laughs> like, it'd, be ha- it'd be Hammer pants. That, that's don't what it would be. Him. I'm sitting here thinking about the worst franchises in all of sports. Has this Daniel Steiner stink come off of the Washington Commanders yes, yet? Yes, yes. Tempor- temporarily. Temporarily, just temporarily. because they got out to a 2-0 start? Yes. And what? Josh Harris' awkward handshake with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck in the booth in the preseason? I, yeah, I'm just so saying, far so good. That was a bad era. It's over, though. It, it's over now, but that was, that was awful what Daniel Steiner was doing. Yeah, the good news for Josh Harris and company and Magic and the crew there is that it pr- it probably can't get any worse than it's already been in oh, Washington. Oh, I mean, he was hiding money from other NFL owners. Oh, they can there, forgive there a lot. A they can't forgive culture of misogyny them. and sexual harassment with the female employees. Terrible. It was awful. Well, and that's also Phoenix Suns. Same thing also. They had the same exact thing when Robert Sarver was the owner or the governor of that team. And now Matt Ishbia is in there. So I think we have to, for the biggest dumpster fire in sports, which you guys can weigh in on at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and at Unsports ESPN, I think we have to leave out the organizations that recently had owner slash governor changes. Okay. I think we, because it would almost be too easy to say Washington or Phoenix and that, because those were like borderline or maybe actual criminal activities. Yeah. Right, we're talking about the Bears now. We know the rumors around the Bears, but we don't know any kind of confirmations. So we're not going to speculate about that. But yesterday was just a complete mess with the Chicago Bears. Smalls brought up the awful contracts and awful utilization of those players with the Angels. You brought up the Mets failing expectations, and I brought up the Sixers. Every summer is drama in terms of the biggest dumpster fire in all of sports. All right, let's do a little round of what's at stake this weekend. I'm going to give you a game. We'd say what's at stake this weekend for these two teams. Mm-hmm. Titans are one and one at the Browns, one and one. What is at stake for both teams this weekend? It's going to be a referendum on the quarterback. Right, We talked about Deshaun Watson's problems through the season, and he looked awful in that Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's the reason why they lost the game. The two turnovers that he had led directly to Pittsburgh Steelers' points. And then Ryan Tannehill, who has been on both ends of the spectrum in terms of his overall performance, right? He was awful against the Saints in Week 1, and then he was great against the Chargers in Week 2. I mean, in Week 2. So I, I'm curious to know which one of these quarterbacks is going to establish themselves and assert themselves. Now, there's only one that is in danger of losing their job, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Deshaun Watson's got all that guaranteed money coming to him, but... I think the biggest thing is what can we expect from the quarterback spot in this game? I think it's going to speak volumes how those guys respond in week three. Absolutely. I think we're all kind of waiting for the shoe to drop with Ryan Tannehill. So that needs uh, no further explanation. But so much is on the line with Deshaun Watson. He's not going to lose his job. He's certainly not going to lose his money. But with Nick Chubb out, this is a massive opportunity for him to step up, prove why the Cleveland Browns took such a massive gamble in bringing him in and giving him all of that money. He needs to be better on the field, and he needs to be a better leader, too. Uh, Prediction on that. I think Deshaun Watson's numbers will be better without Nick Chubb than they were with him. Okay. I know, I know that's so crazy. That. I can buy that. But so the offense is, is going to look different, right? Yes, but I just okay. 
I don't think the guy has a choice. And I know, I know you're not choosing to play well, but it's his offense now, so maybe he looks at it a little bit differently. And maybe he is, unfortunately, because of the Chubb injury, empowered in a way that he wasn't previously. By the way, we, t- we do the compare and contrast. Brian Tannehill's been better than Deshaun Watson this year, which is the ultimate knock on Deshaun Watson, right? to be honest. But don't right? you feel like we're just waiting for somebody else to be the quarterback in Tennessee? Yes. yes. Yeah, we, but I think Brian Tannehill has something to do when there's nothing to do. Uh, Falcons 2-0 at Lions. What's at stake? Can either team be taken seriously to win the division? Like, I mean, the Detroit Lions came in as the preseason odds-on favorite to win the NFC North, and they look great against the Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season opener, and not so Uh-oh, much. Oh, wait a minute. The music. It's now a little bit more serious. Oh, yeah, and not so much oh. against the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, when you let the Seahawks put 38 points up on you, it's not a great thing. That defense was supposed to make some strides, and they had to. And then on the other side is the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I... I Desmond Ritter, I, I just it it doesn't seem impressive, and yet he's led two game-winning drives for his team through the first two weeks. So maybe there's something there. Maybe the leadership intangibles uh, allow him to be a force multiplier and utilizing the weapons around him. But I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, their coach Arthur Smith is on the hot seat too. So can either team be taken seriously to win the division? Yeah, not a lot of people were picking the Falcons to win the division before the season. So I think them proving that they're legitimate is on the line and. Same thing with the Lions. I, I mean, after that win over Kansas City to open the season, a lot of people were ready to, to co-sign on the Lions. That's another franchise that historically has not been able to no figure doubt. it out. And they're needing to give their fan base confidence that they're actually going to be legit this season. You, you come out, you lose the second game to the Seahawks. You need to make sure that you make a statement versus the Falcons or right. the Lions. I, I want to skip ahead to one game if we could. Here. I want to go to the, the Vikings okay, and the Chargers. They're two, both 0-2. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by what's going on with Minnesota. They made a trade yesterday. They traded draft capital to L.A. to get Cam Akers, the running back. They tra- they signed Dalter, Dalton Reisner, Risner, the yeah, offensive to, lineman. To an extension. Yeah. No, no. T- th- he wasn't on the team. They brought him in, I believe, right? He was a street free agent. He was okay. a starter last year. They spent uh, $4 million, I believe, on a one-year deal with an offensive lineman this year. And if I'm not mistaken, maybe you're right and I'm wrong on that. And they bring in a running back. What? I thought we had them as a sneaky tank. I thought we had Kirk Cousins on the uh, on the Jets here. And I know Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, had Cam Akers in L.A. But what's at stake is, what are the Vikings doing exactly? Well, it's not like they gave up a whole lot for Cam Akers. It's what amounts to a gym membership in a gas card. I mean, they're swapping, what, six-round picks <laughs> in, in, in the 2024 draft? Honestly, so, I mean, I, I don't know if it's, it's as much... Uh, 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 um, uh, an indicative of their plans in terms of what they expect the 2023 season to be. I, I think this is trying to bring in another running back so Alex Madison has somebody to split the carries with and their offense can have more balance to see if they can salvage their season. But here's the thing. The loser of this game is going to leave town. And when I say leave town, the head coach for the Chargers, if they lose this game, he's out of there. And if the Vikings lose this game, Kirk Cousins is out of there because he's going to be traded at the deadline. So those are the stakes for both teams, and I'm curious to see which way it's going to go. I can't believe I'm saying this. I have more faith in the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins than I do the L.A. Chargers, and that shouldn't be the case given the talent on both sides, of both, uh, on both teams. Especially when you just signed Justin Herbert to a five-year, $262.5 million deal. Ooh. That was one of my notes I made last night, guys. Why are we not more 
um, upset with the Chargers. We expected so much more out of this team, so much more out of this quarterback. And I know that a lot of us are kind of resigned to the fact that Brandon Staley might not be the guy, so maybe that's why it's not a, a huge point of conversation at this point in the season. But it's unacceptable that the Chargers have started the season 0-2. A lot more on the line for them. Let's go one step further on this. Do we think that Brandon Staley, if they go to 0-3, could get fired after three games? I wouldn't I wouldn't put it outside the realm of possibility. A lot of people were surprised he even was the coach to start the season. I mean, and either. after you pay Justin Herbert that money, you don't have a lot of time to waste. But if you start out 0-3 and you decide you're going to fire Brandon Staley, all you're really saying is you made a mistake by not firing him this offseason. But wouldn't, you, wouldn't you rather admit that now rather than have No, a, I'd rather you admit it during the offseason when you could have got Sean Payton as your but head you coach. You can't fix that. You no, you can't, I mean? you can't fix that, that now, but firing Brandon Staley at week three – does no, after week three does nothing for moving your team forward. I think you give them a little more leash and trying to figure it out, but it's not outside of the realm of possibility that he's clipped before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, maybe even before then, though. I mean, if you think about that, I agree with you that I don't know that you could do it 0-3 because why would you do it, you know, not before the season? So their game after this week at the Vikings is home against the Raiders, If you, and which, by the way, there will be way more Raiders fans in L.A. at that stadium, at SoFi, rooting for the Raiders than there will be for There's the Chargers. There's way more fans of any other team there. Yeah. Not so far. Whatever they're playing It was there. a 49ers yeah. home game versus the Rams. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, but I any think other spe- fan base specifically, specifically with them, I think it's going to be, if they go 0-4, then maybe. Then maybe they can fire him. Yeah, their bye, their bye week is relatively early, right? It's week five or week six. So, I mean, yeah. I could see them making a change at the bye week. And moving on from Brandon Staley, but he's on the hottest of hot seats. Yeah, their bye week is week five after the Raiders. They could make that change then. It could happen. Think about what we just said. That is not unreasonable, which again goes back to why in the world did they bring him back in the first place? All right, coming up, could it get any Kellen worse? Moore as the new head coach? That's the problem. They coach? don't he so <laughs> quick thing on that now that you brought that up. Staley was smart in his assistant coaching hires because there's no obvious interim coach replacement guy. There's no like, oh, this guy's been around for 20 years. He can handle it. You would probably have to go to Kellen Moore, who was I don't think was very impressive in Dallas. And the Dallas team, in, no? You I think don't think it, you can say that. I don't think you can say that. Well, I wouldn't go to him as my head coach. Okay. I don't think they have any obvious person I mean, in there. the four years he was the coordinator down there, they had two number one offenses. So he was doing I like what they're like. doing now better. Just saying. Could it get any worse for the Bears? We will find out coming up. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. What a day yesterday in Chicago. 
with the Bears. And joining us now, she covers the Bears for ESPN. She is Courtney Cronin. And obviously, we must start with who brings deli meat without actually making it into a sandwich, Courtney. I don't understand that one. Evan, I was running late. I knew that it was going to be a long day at Hallis Hall, and I live an hour. I live in the city, so I'm like not close to Lake Forest. And I was like running out. I'm like, my gosh, I got to give myself at least 40 minutes to get up there. And I just went into the meat keep drawer in my fridge. I was like, just grab it, and you can do something with it. I brought cheese sticks. You didn't see that in the video. Um, I had things to like not just eat like meat, but yeah, that's that's still up there. I didn't. It, I was not expecting that that would make it on ESPN radio this morning. Um, Maybe I'll reevaluate my social media choices on Instagram, but now you guys know how I live and it's, it's kind of a ruthless lifestyle when your team has been as busy as the Chicago bears. And if it's not one story, it's about 15 others. And (laughs) the fact that the left tackle going on injured reserve yesterday was like the ninth newsiest item tells you how long of a day it was. So how would you describe the day in general? Is it more of a broken nail forgetting your lunch? How would you describe the entirety of what you experienced yesterday in Chicago? It was one of the craziest days I can remember covering the NFL where you're kind of doing a TikTok, not you know, social media, but like, you know, going hour by hour. Okay, what happened? All right, at 11 something or you know, around 10, 10.30 central time, the quarterback comes out and unprompted points to coaching being a reason that he feels like he's overthinking in games and not playing to his instincts and truly not being himself as a quarterback. And then Matt Eberflus has what he has to say about that. You know, 15 minutes later, they go to practice. The quarterback walks back what he says. And then the announcement, a very terse statement from the Bears, a one-sentence statement about Alan Williams' resignation comes out, you know, around 3 in the afternoon. And just all of these things that you're trying to keep track of, whether it's Braxton Jones going to IR, the Bears releasing their backup quarterback and Nathan Peterman, and then apparently resigning in this morning. Like, there was just a lot. And I still – I think there's still – so much to sort through here today, tomorrow, and going into this Kansas City game. Courtney, what can you share with us about Alan Williams' resignation yesterday? It came, I don't want to say as a surprise, because the team's been pretty tight-lipped with everything the last week, and that's created that's created some of the speculation that you might have seen on social media, and I think that that fed into um, people wondering, okay, what's really going on here? But What we know is the statement that was put out by Alan Williams. And if you kind of read through some of the details here of like what things might actually mean, it came on his own stationery. It didn't come on any sort of Bears official letterhead. And their statement was pretty short um, and just kind of addressed the facts. It wasn't we wish him well. We, you know, thank him for his year of service here. It was a one sentence statement confirming his resignation and what Alan Williams said in his statement uh, that the team team uh, distributed to us was that he's taking time away right now to focus on his health and his family. And I spoke with his lawyer, Andrew M. Stroth yesterday, who confirmed that this is an, this is something that he came to a decision of on Wednesday, that he would take some time away. He plans to get back into coaching, but he's going to take some time away right now to evaluate kind of where he's at right now, dealing with a health issue and, and a parent family issue as well. But there really isn't much more publicly uh, than that. There still is a ton of ambiguity around this situation because if it was a health issue from the very start and if it was 
you kind of wonder why the team didn't handle it that way from the very beginning. They said last Thursday when he was scheduled to talk during his normal coordinator availability that he was dealing with a, he was, he was, had a personal absence. And then that snowballed to six days of a personal absence before you heard about the resignation yesterday. Talking with ESPN Bears reporter Courtney Cronin on Unsportsmanlike. And Courtney, it's never a good thing when a player plays the CYA game, especially that player being a quarterback. Is it fair to look at the next 15 games as an audition for Justin Fields to be the quarterback for the foreseeable future for the Bears, given their draft capital in 2024? It's been it's been a fair assessment of what the season means to him, Canty, all year long, including these first two games. This is a make-or-break year for Justin Fields because you're right. They do have that extra first-round pick next year. This is not a staff that drafted him. The writing's on the wall that – if he doesn't prove to be the guy, the franchise leader, and that doesn't mean you have to be a polished franchise product after year three. Of course they would hope for that. But if they can't confidently say that they're going to move forward and build, continue to build everything around this quarterback, then they're going to have to move on at some point sooner rather than later. He's a first-round pick. Year three is important because by the end of year three, you have to know whether you're picking up their fifth-year option or not um, by May of next year. And you've got to know if you're going to invest a lot of resources in this player. And right now, it doesn't look great. He's 0-2, or you know, the team's 0-2, and he's been a big part of that. He knows he hasn't played well, though. I mean, I know those comments that he made yesterday and then deciding to kind of walk those back, I think he meant what he said at the beginning, whether it was calculated or off the cuff. He, that was the most honest and forthright I've heard Justin Fields about his situation in Chicago since I've covered this team. And He's right in a lot of respects. He doesn't look like the same quarterback that we've seen previous iterations of when he's being chained to the pocket, and he's pointed that out, that he feels like he's staying in there too long because that's what he's being coached to do. Now, there is a balance between that, and I I remember we went through this last year with the Bears, uh, right around that week seven time when all those designed runs started to show up in the game plan, and it changed what this offense was. For once, it looked explosive, So they clearly have the capability of adjusting. I just think these first two weeks have shown you getting Justin Fields in a straight drop-back game 66 times over the first two weeks is not it. Courtney, we've got about 30 seconds here. There's 15 games remaining this season, as Canty pointed out. If I said to you right now, over, under, 15 and a half games played the rest of Justin Fields' career with the Bears, where would you go? Oh, that's a tough one right now. Um, He's susceptible to injury. We know that he's missed time because he takes some big hits. I would say, oh, that I would say I'll take the over just on the safe side of that. But I, I would imagine. I mean, they have a backup for a reason because they have to protect against knowing their quarterback takes some pretty big hits out there. Yeah, and that means that maybe potentially he gets into next season. But the the problem is for Justin Fields right now. If they're not good, they could have the top two picks or two of the top five or ten picks in the draft. Courtney, get lunch, enjoy yourself later today, get the bread. <laughs> (laughs) for the uh, deli meats and uh, relax a little bit today after yesterday. We appreciate it. I am taking my Ezekiel bread with me the whole (laughs) (laughs) lot. Courtney Cronin, ESPN Bears reporter. Thank you so much. She does a phenomenal job covering it for ESPN. And what a day yesterday. What a day. She brought the deli meat without the bread. That's yeah. a fascinating move. But she forgot to eat because of everything that was going on. I could uh, use to forget to eat that, sometimes. That just shows you how much of a dumpster fire the Chicago Bears are right now, how crazy Hallis Hall has to be. Could there ever be a moment that you and I would forget to eat, though? No. No.
Probably not. No. It Probably could be not. the biggest dumpster fire ever. We're still getting lunch. Yeah, exactly. And and you're getting your kale smoothie or whatever you're getting over there, all your healthy stuff. It's Don't delicious. look at her with judgmental eyes. I'm yeah, jealous. That's my eyes. I'm, look, I'm jealous. <laughs> That's what I'm jealous of. Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.